The life of a chef is a tough one, my friends. I will tell you that from personal experience. You have to have not only an undying love for food, but a love for the inside of a kitchen and even more a love for satisfying your guests at all costs, especially in these unique times where let's just say it's gotten really forking hard, like dodging flying knives and the occasional hatchet kind of hard. My guest this week is celebrity chef Bruce Kalman. He is the owner and head chef at Soul Belly Barbecue in Las Vegas, soon to be opened. And something kind of interesting happened to Bruce right after he arrived in Las Vegas, just February of this year. He went to take a position with a restaurant group and was promptly let go. But within four months, he had already found a new direction and now a new restaurant on the horizon. I had the pleasure of meeting Bruce and working with him at a restaurant show here in Los Angeles where I hosted him on the center stage and watch him perform his magic. And you've probably seen him too. He, he's been on Bravo's Top Chef season 15, Beat Bobby Flay, Bravo's Best New Restaurant show, and so many others. But in this episode, we dive in to the restaurant scene today. And Bruce offers his perspective on the food industry, COVID, navigating our new normal, and his role as a restaurateur and how he sees dining today and into the future. He also shares how he's pivoted to thrive, how he's up the ante on food safety, and why he believes we will never dine or eat the way we used to. This is an episode you won't want to miss. Hi, I'm Maria, otherwise known as the Fit Foodie. I'm a chef, holistic nutritionist, author, inventor, and mom. And I want to welcome you to my podcast. It's called Recipes for Your Best Life. And with every episode, I'm peeling back the onion on fitness, nutrition, health, wellness, and family. The truth is, you're the chef of your life. And for every important pillar, there's a great recipe worth sharing. So every week, we'll explore them together. Think of it as food for thought that you can really sink your teeth into. So join me and let's squeeze the joy out of this life because you only get one. Can I get a fork? Yeah. I think we can all agree life's way too short for boring food, right? It deserves to be filled with fresh, flavorful, mouthwatering dishes that you and your family are excited to share together. And guess what? Now it's so easy to broaden your cooking skills and try out fun recipes. And here's the best part. You don't need a bunch of fancy appliances to do it. With Panasonic's Home Chef 4-in-1 Multi-Oven, you can, get this, heat, fry, bake, and broil your way to foodie heaven. Yep, it's a microwave, broiler, air fryer, and convection oven all wrapped up into one appliance, so smart. So whether you're trying out a new food trend or your grandma's kind of complicated recipe or maybe a fusion dish you've been dying to try or maybe one of my dishes from my book, this multi-oven makes your cooking experience a really enjoyable one. So start thinking of all those recipes and dishes you've been dying to try out. 
now's the time because this multi-oven makes even the most complicated recipes super simple. I love super simple. It's the four-in-one that inspires your inner chef to try daring new dishes with confidence. So to receive special offers, head over to PanasonicKitchen.com and become a Panasonic Kitchen Insider. Bruce, it's so good to have you on. Great to see you. Thank you, you too. Um, so it's been a minute since we saw each other at the, uh, mm. the food show. And uh, so much of the food industry has been impacted by COVID. How have you managed throughout this whole process in general? <laughs> well, um, the the brief rundown of how of my timeline is I moved to Vegas February 1. I was uh, corp the, partnering with a restaurant group here to do my rest my barbecue place and uh, COVID happened. We started shutting restaurants down. They made me the corporate chef of the, of the company. And then I ended up getting laid off because of COVID, which is fine. Add to that, like my family was in LA for three and a half months and, you know, basically didn't get here because of COVID. And so it's like, welcome to Vegas. Yeah. Welcome to <laughs> Vegas. Screw you. <laughs> and so I, you know, started kind of nosing around and seeing what jobs are out there. You know, I saw a few things posted. There was nothing, you know, nothing to be had. Everybody was kind of gun shy and hiring anybody uh, at my level, you know, the corporate level or exec chef level. So I just decided to like make my own work, you know, and I still had the, the barbecue concept in mind. At this point, I had moved on from the other group. I met uh, a gentleman who's now my partner. This all happened very quickly. Yeah, it must have. We're talking February to now. Yeah, I mean, we like literally in four months, we met, fully funded a restaurant, and we're building it out right now. Amazing. It's crazy, yeah. And um, great guy, somebody, he's a partner in other projects with a friend of mine, and uh, who's also, who's just an amazing chef, and his guy's just, this guy's just, he's awesome. So... There's a group out here called Secret Burger who partnered with chefs to do, especially during the shutdown, they, they did events. They did these secret, they, you know, secret burger events, basically. So it's like a fine dining restaurant doing a, a, a special burger, essentially is how it kind of start, came about. And they, when everything shut down, they pivoted and started doing um, virtual cooking classes. But it was a situation where you come to the restaurant, pick up a kit that had all the food, had, there were extras you could purchase and then you know you take it home and then that night there's we do a, you know chef does a cooking class so i started doing those which were, well. have been so popular during this time because people want that they want a yeah experience and to have all the ingredients there is really handy and i'm still doing them i'm doing ones also with a group in new york called hunter pleats um where they they just get recipes in a shopping list uh, and then they sign on for the class. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, it, it is a big thing right now. And, you know, I think it it's great because people are at home. People, you know, uh, especially when things are really shut down, you know, they people needed something to do. They needed, you know, uh, people going crazy, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. essentially. So, and, and then through that, then I did um, a barbecue pop-up. 
kind of the same situation where it wasn't a class, but it was an event. So it was a barbecue pop-up. You come, you pick up the bar, you know, you place it in advance, you come pick it up, take it home. Now I'm doing barbecue pop-ups because people are out and about. So we're actually doing pop-ups where people come and they order and so on and so forth. Is that, and, uh, is that kind of like a proof of concept for your new restaurant? hundred mm-hmm. percent. It's, it's a way to make some money right now. Obviously it's uh, building a brand, building a following, Great idea. you know, doing a lot of, doing a lot of R and D doing some training with the chefs I've hired. It's all of the above, you know, yeah. and it's going to help us when we open on so many levels. Um, you know, the hope is that, it's going to drive people to our front door very, you know, from day one in droves, which would be ideal. But also it's really going to help us with our training, you know, and it's, it's, it's helping us kind of get organized. It's giving us a lot of time to work through a lot of things and try and change things up. You know, uh, every time I cook, I do something a little different to see if there's a better way, better method, you know, better outcome. So it's, it's been great. It's yeah. really been great, you know, and, and we're building a name and a reputation in town. So so during this trial of, you know, kind of having to shift and pivot, and really it sounds like you landed on your feet in maybe even a better way than you originally intended. What do you think is the one thing that you have come away from this that is maybe the biggest aha in having to pivot as a chef and someone that maybe had a vision for something but had to let go of that in exchange for something else? You know, I, I, I think it is a lot of things, but, I, you know, I think something that was very eye-opening to me a couple of years ago was going to Tokyo and seeing how the people in Japan are so respectful of each other. They are considerate of each other. And I think that this country lacks that in a major way. Well, you know, people here are about themselves. I need to get, you know, get out of my way. I need to get there faster, you know, that kind of mentality. And you see the things you see happening in Japan. It just mind, but it just blows your mind. Like, wow, they should literally be set up a schedule. I have a training team come from Japan and go to every other country, teach people how to be, Mm. you know, (laughs) be good to each other. Mm. And I think that this has done that in a sense. A, a little bit, you know, I know, you know, aside from all the, uh, the excessive um, political stuff that's been going on, you know, I think that this has, in a sense, brought people together, like, okay, we're all kind of in the same boat. A lot of people are hurting right now. Let's, let's try to help each other out. Let's try to help people get on their feet. Have you ever wondered, is rinsing my produce with the water that comes out of the sink that I don't even drink enough to really clean it? Well, then you're one of the smartest people I know because you're absolutely right. It's not enough. That's why we created the only all-natural and patented line of food wash and wipes, and it's called Eat Cleaner. It's tasteless, odorless, and lab-tested, and it removes up to 99.9% of the residue that water can't, including pesticides, wax, soil, and junk that can carry bacteria that can really make you sick. Plus, we formulated it to help extend the shelf life of your fresh produce too, and that'll save you money. When your berries are lasting up to 10, 12 days, you know that's a good thing. It helps your produce last up to five times longer using a natural blend of fruit acids and antioxidants. 
So there's no chemicals. It's just clean eating fun. And this can help save your family an average of over $500 per year. Make it easy on yourself, reduce waste, and get that fruit and veggies into your body, where it's gonna do you a lot of good and not in the trash. Check us out, eatcleaner.com, or head to our Amazon store at amazon.com forward slash eatcleaner. So, um, you know, it, it, I, I feel like it's just been a very eye-opening experience as a whole, you know, um, and, I, and I'm hoping that it's been an eye-opening experience for just lots of people out there because, you know, it, it, this is a new normal and it's a new situation that, that isn't going away. And yeah, they're going to have a vaccine, but it's still not going away. And so we have to shift and pivot and, and on a restaurant level, especially, you know, you already, there's, we have a huge responsibility in the industry to keep people safe, not just to make people happy, not to give people a, a great experience overall, you know, but also, you know, also to keep people safe and, you know, from a food safety standpoint, but, and now from, you know, a COVID safety standpoint. And so design elements within the restaurant, you have to plan with less seating, um, you know, just, just for a proof of concept in general, just to make sure it's going to work. You know, it's got to be something that is a concept where you can pivot very easily. And, and one of the things that's great about barbecue is barbecue travels really well. And so, you know, we, we've had this discussion a few times, like what if, you know, shit goes sideways again. And, and now it's February and everything's shut down again when we're supposed to be opening. And it, I'm like, okay, well, we can do a takeout program with, with me, the two chefs and my partner. So <laughs> you know? I'm going to ask you about that because I think that's really, um, that's something that's really important. If you're a restaurateur, if, you know, whatever your business is, being able to pivot and kind of think about what will work in certain times, I think will be the new normal for business planning. You know? Yeah, it's it's been and it's been the normal for a long time. I mean, just for different reasons. You know, you have to be able to pivot and shift and 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 have a flexible concept um, in order to make it. Especially now. I mean, I know the days of of opening a restaurant with twenty five cooks on the schedule is over. Yeah, unless you're a restaurant that's doing seventeen million a year, and you know, we, we put a lot of that thought in mind into our concept. So like, we're not going to have servers. It's counter service. We'll have runners that said the runners are going to carry, um, remote, uh, terminals, wireless terminals. So that let's say you get in line, you wait in line for however long you get your food you sit down you're eating and you're like, you know, I wanted to get, I want another rack of ribs or, or another drink. And our run, our runners, busters will have a terminal where you don't even need to get up. And we might even also, we're also talking about doing the QR codes on the tables where you can just order from, from your phone. I was you know, going to say, do you think takeout will still be a big part of your program regardless? Huge, yeah. huge, huge. Um, we're also fortunate in the fact that we're sandwiched in between two microbreweries that are brand new, um, one of which serves no food. Partnering with them, uh, they're going to have a QR code on their tables that, where people can go online and go right into our system and place an order and either have it dropped off to them or they can come pick it up and they'll get a text when it's ready. 
So, you know, it's about being, um, definitely being an entrepreneur and, and thinking outside the box and, and having lots and lots of backup plans, you know, yeah. Yeah. especially right now. I mean, you know, we have a lot of, we have plan A, B, C, D, and E and more to come because you just have to right now, you know, we're thinking, you know, we're, we're going to do, uh, offer, have live music, um, but probably not right away, mm-hmm. you know, because of all this stuff. So, you know, it's, it's just a lot of those, those things to keep in mind, you know, what from a safety the, standpoint. Yeah. I was that? about to say, what about as a diner? I mean, what, in terms of somebody going to pick a restaurant or a place to go out to eat, what do you think are the things that people need to tune into and what you talked about food safety being a big, important part of what you're doing. I mean, how do you assure people that you're doing everything that you can and what should a diner look for when they're thinking about where to go? Because I mm-hmm. some people have done a great job. Others have like, I was at a place where I was getting takeout and I kid you not the gal like, in between helping people was taking bites of her food. I'm like, who's watching? You know, that, that that's like pre COVID crap. Like you just, right. that's, that's, that's a no, no right there. I mean, you know, I, I, I think that, and that's a good, to your point. I mean, I, I think it's always been some, you know, things to watch for. It's like, I'm sure we've all been to the restaurant where you go to the restroom and there's the server in the restroom, at least in the men's room with his apron hiked up at the urinal. You know, it's gross. And so, you know, but, you know, now it's obviously those things, but face shields, masks, gloves, um, are staff, is everybody washing their hands? Is there sanitizer out? You know, the, all those things, you know, do you visibly see, uh, management checking in staff with a temperature gun, you know, things like that. Um, are things that I'd be looking for, for sure. You know, in some, some places, you know, our place is wide open. So not, you know, not every place, obviously, the back house is very separate from the front of house. But, you know, you can tell, you can really, really tell with just how people interact, you know, how staff's interacting with each other. Um, how close are they getting to tables? You know, like you said, are they dropping food off the table and picking up their mask and doing this and then going back and grabbing another plate of food? it's it's things like that and you know unfortunately it becomes a distraction for a diner to have to like look out for these things but you kind of have to Mm -hmm. you know and like you said you know there's definitely you know we've always called them moments of truth in a restaurant business where you know anytime a guest has the opportunity to form an opinion about the experience and that could be you know the valet uh, peeling off in your car (laughs) Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it could be, um, you know, the host is the host walking inside from the patio and not holding the door for you. Um, it, it's, it's all things like that. And, and now there's just all these other things to, to tack onto that list. And, you know, it makes us as, as restaurant owners and entrepreneurs, we have to be more responsible and we have to take good care of our staff and, and make sure that they're safe. Um, and I feel like, you know, I always, you know, everything comes down from the top. So if we're taking good care of our staff, they're going to take good care of our guests, mm-hmm. um, on all levels, you know, not just from a hospitality standpoint, from, from a safety standpoint, you know, and, you know, you can drive it home as much as you want and talk about SOPs and this and that. But if, if it's not coming from the top and as far as from an, setting an example, yeah. um, it's, it's not worth anything. 
So, well, and, and people have, you know, if they weren't sharing on Yelp, you know, before, I mean, I, I just feel like they're going to take every opportunity to just absolutely be more, you know, vocal or critical because people are sensitive right now anyways. So, yes. uh, you know, from your perspective, what is, what is the message that you would like to send to diners who are coming into your restaurant or other restaurants, um, you know, that might be different than a message you would have sent, you know, nine months ago? Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say it, it, it's, I can only really speak for my, my own restaurant is, is you know, um, that are, you know, as a guest, as a diner, um, as a guest, even a, a delivery driver that's coming in from, from Uber Eats or something to take food out, you know, they have to be safe too. We have to make sure that they're safe as well. And, you know, I think, I think that, you know, just knowing that our, our organization, we take it very seriously. I can only speak for us. And, you know, the group I was working with, they take it incredibly seriously. And we, we while I was still there, we were working on putting a lot of new SOPs in place and writing a lot of safety procedures and, and, and whatnot. You know, typically in restaurants, you have a sanitizer bucket with quat or chlorine sanitizer and a towel, and everything is going more towards one use disposable sanitizer towels mm-hmm. things like that um well, and some true. of these things are an invest they're an investment you know i mean they're not super expensive but it's an investment and it's something different and it's a change um but you have to change and you have to you have to implement and be the change so that everybody in the in the restaurant will follow suit you know and and they it, it's just a mindset you know, it's, it's a mindset, you know, the mindset is always, hopefully always in a restaurant where you want your goal as an advocate for the restaurant, whether it be as a server, a cook, a dishwasher, whoever, is to want the guests to have the best possible experience every time they come in, mm-hmm. right? And now add to that the best possible, safest experience as well you know? (laughs) Yeah, I feel definitely for myself. I mean, they just started, I live in Ventura County, and they just started opening up restaurants not too, too long ago to dine in. And I was actually at one today with my daughter. And, you know, I am, I'm always aware, but I'm definitely much more hyper aware now. And Mm -hmm. I, I think the big thing for me is to, to really take care of your servers, take care of the people that are serving you and taking care of you because mm-hmm. it's hard enough. And now I just feel like that added pressure on them makes it that much harder. So I'm tipping more. I'm much more, you know, I'm always courteous to servers because when you work in right. the food industry, you know, you always, that's what mm-hmm. you do. Um, but I would just add to that for people going out, like be a little patient, you know, things are mm-hmm. different. There's really more steps. Yeah. We're all taking more steps to get from point A to point B now. And, and people need to understand the understanding of that. Uh, I yeah. agree a hundred percent. And hopefully they are, they are being understanding, you know, do you think this is the new normal for the foreseeable future? Just as mm-hmm. far as how, um, how we're going to need to take baby steps and understand when closures happen because whatever is happening with COVID things are taking a step backward. I mean, what can we do as, as diners and patrons and people wanting to support 
our restaurants, places like your restaurant, what, what do we need to do? I mean, you know, if there's closures and there's an opportunity to support the restaurants via takeout and delivery, you know, I would say do it, do that. Um, and it's a tough one. That's a, it's a tough question to answer, you know, because how much can you actually do? You know, if everything's shut down, how much can you really do? So it, it's kind of like do what you can. And, you know, one of those things is to support local businesses that way, because the local businesses are the ones that are hurting right now. Well, like with and, you, you're, you said you're doing your classes or is that still ongoing? Mm -hmm. How can mm -hmm. we, how can we support your classes? So I am, uh, currently I have, uh, classes booked, uh, for, we're doing a Thanksgiving class and a Christmas class, um, through, it's a website called hundred pleats, P L E A T S.com. Um, and there it's a chef Franklin Becker started it out of New York. Um, and involved me and a handful of other chefs. And so we've been doing these, these classes. They've been more like one-on-one -on -one sort of classes or groups, you know, kind of uh, buying a class together. Um, this is more of a go on and schedule yourself into it. Uh, there may, may or may not be a very uh, well-known surprise musical guest on the Thanksgiving one. Um, it's not confirmed, so I'm not going to speak about it, but this, there could be something very cool happening on that class. But they're fun classes because you get to actually cook, you know, and it's not, you're not just sitting there watching. Yeah. Uh, or, or, or if you want to just sit there and watch, you can sit there and watch. But, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, to take a class and, and be able to follow along is kind of a cool, a cool thing. Um, and then in Vegas with the Secret Burger program, um, I'm doing uh, Thanksgiving dinners. Uh, with smoked turkey, smoking turkeys, and uh, doing a couple of my barbecue sides along with, we're going to do glazed sweet potatoes with homemade uh, maple marshmallow. Uh, we're going to do buttered green beans and crispy onions. You know, some of the, some of the basics just done really well and, and a little bit unique. And then partnering with uh, a young lady here who has a, a pastry, who's a pastry chef, and she's been doing a pie pop-up called Poppin' Pies. So she's going to do my pies. Those are ways to support the, you know, the others. And, and, and you know, the really great thing, one of the greatest things about the Vegas restaurant community is it is so supportive. I've never seen a community this supportive where every chef that I've come across is supportive of, each, you know, everybody's supportive of each other. They come to the events, they come to the pop-ups, they take each other's classes, they are there if you need anything, and and, by, and it makes you want to be a part of a community, you know? It's it's really nice. Awesome. Um, I think that's a lesson that we can all take for sure is... Hell yeah. <laughs> whether you're a restaurateur, whether you're whatever business you might own, or just being a good person and just being kind and understanding and thoughtful. Um, well, I mean, and, and, you know, at the end of the day, um, just on the grand scale, grand, the grand scale of all of this, you know, we're all in this together. And, you know, if I feel, feel for people that have lost their jobs, I lost my job, you know, and not for very long. I, I'm somebody that's always been able to get back on his feet and, and make something great happen. Um, and I, I just have a lot of practice hustling. <laughs> And so it's, it's definitely working in my favor at this moment. And, um, you know, we're really excited to get Soul Belly open, hopefully February-ish. -ish. <laughs> um, but uh, even the city here, I mean, the, the, the city, uh, as far as from uh, planning 
standpoint, um, they're all so supportive of, of getting the restaurants open. Yeah. Which is something I'm just not used to. <laughs> well, it's, it's a great thing to see. And I'm so glad that, you know, Soul Belly is on track to open, that you're able to turn the situation around and create something new and exciting to look forward to. And you're priming the pump, so to speak, and getting the food out there and getting people ready. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm excited. I am a barbecue girl. I know I'm all about clean eating, but good barbecue, that's my cheat. <laughs> good, well, good barbecue is pretty clean. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, good, it's you know, good, good brisket is beef, salt, pepper, and smoke. Oh, yeah. yeah There's I nothing know. else. There's a little, you know, I mean, you got the residual grease and <laughs> the meat grease. <laughs> well, you, you were know. talking about the smoked turkeys, and I was getting really excited. So yeah. if I, a question that I ask every guest, um, mm -hmm. and I want to ask you this. If you could have any meal prepared by anybody, oh, that's a tough question. You would make it. I would have to say, um, and I know this is going to sound pretty basic, but a margarita pizza from Chris Bianco. Because mm. <laughs> I, because I, I miss when I, I'm out. I'm good friends with Chris. So like whenever I, I am able to sneak into Phoenix, um, we, I drove to Phoenix a month and a half ago to, to pick up the smoker I bought and I was there, literally went there, picked up the smoker and, and drove back. But in the midst of all of that, I went to Ponte Bianco and hung out with Chris <laughs> and got a bite. What, what is it about his margarita pizza that you think is so extraordinary? It's just amazing. I mean, it's, it's every, everything about it. It's the simplicity of it. You know, I've gotten, uh, he and I have become good friends and, and the more I, I, I love speaking with him because he is about simplicity and about using amazing ingredients to make something. If you start with amazing ingredients, it's really hard to make something bad. He once said to me, he's like, the best ingredient is the one that you leave off the plate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Being, being sparing is a sign of a, a, a great chef. I, I do mm -hmm. believe that there is a lot confidence. about and just elevating the simple and not feeling like you have to just inundate yeah. it with a lot of stuff. Yeah. I mean, if you've never had his pizza before, you'd understand why I'd want him to make me a pizza because <laughs> it's so damn good. I think a trip to enjoy that sounds like a good idea right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no doubt. It's definitely pleases the soul. Yeah. And sure. when you, one more question for you, when you make a meal for your family, what's your favorite thing to make for them? Is it what they ask for? Is it something that you enjoy making or both? I don't cook at home that much. <laughs> yeah. I, I can relate. I understand. My son loves my brisket. Mm. <laughs> he loves it. Yeah. Um, I mean, he he's a good eater in general for especially for a three and a half year old. I mean, what a cutie pie he is too. Oh, My he goodness. is so amazing. He's he's the funniest little kid in the world. So cute. But he, um, I mean, since he was six months old, I was making him homemade fish sticks with salmon, you know, and um, and he he eats them. We just had um, a friend of mine here. She is a she's starting up a bagel business. And so we, I got some of her bagels and she had sent like uh locks and cream cheese and all the good stuff. And, you know, Jude tore through that, that's that locks. Like he just loves it. You know, you think, what do you think about his palate? Do you think because you started him on so many diverse things young that uh, that's what did it? Or I, I just feel like you can shape any child's palate one way or the other. It's yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I think he can. You know, he definitely uh, – we got some matzo ball soup for my friend as well that makes the bagels, and uh, she puts dill in, in the soup, and he's like, what's the green stuff? I don't want the green stuff. So I pretended to, like, take the green stuff out, and then he, he drank the soup. Hmm. You know, I didn't really take it out. But um, so, he, you know, he can be a little finicky from time to time, but typically, no. I mean, he's a good eater. He eats very slow, <laughs> very slow, like – Sometimes dinner for him is like an hour plus. He's got a little French in him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, he's got a little um, distraction. He's easily distracted. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, generally speaking, he's a good eater. I like making breakfast. He loves pancakes. So I like to make him pancakes. Um, you know, I, I, I like cooking food that's soulful for yeah. sure. You know, and I, I grew up that way. I mean, grew up in a, growing up in Jersey, that Italian-American food is soulful. And, and that's what people are like, why barbecue? I'm like, because, you know, anything to me that is soulful and delicious and 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 um, requires so, sort of an artistic uh, take on execution, like, you know, making fresh pasta or pizza dough even, you know, it's yeah. like they always say bakers don't make good pizza dough because there's a certain feel for it. It's not an exact science. And same thing with pizza dough, same thing with barbecue. You know, you don't just put all, put 12 briskets on the smoker and they're all ready at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta, you gotta train them one by one and you gotta know what to look for. And it, and I'm still learning, you know, I, I, I've only been cooking barbecue for a few, a couple of years now and I'm just hooked on it. It <laughs> it's, is. It's its own, it's its own genre. It's its own trade and it has so many nuances that you can take. What would you say to the home cook who is trying to, you know, uh, truth be told, I mean, we want to support restaurants, but people are cooking at home more than they ever mm-hmm. have, or maybe they even want to. What yeah. would you suggest to people that are trying to refine their own skills that, you know, want to still get good food on the table, but maybe don't have a lot of time to do it? You know, I, it's a good question. I, I think um, just like in a restaurant, it's all about uh, preparation. And, and being organized. So there's a lot of things that you can do in advance um, that, that might take a long time to do. Um, but, you know, like here, I mean, at home, we have, uh, we have uh, an air fryer. We have uh, an Instapot. Um, I have a Traeger grill. Um, you know, the Traeger grills, you can literally throw, put the meat on there and leave it be and open it up and it's ready. Yeah. And not have to do too much to it. Um, pretty easy to manage but i i think you know plant definitely meal planning planning ahead for the week um or if there's a, a certain day if you're going to do a meal on a thursday maybe you make sure you get your ingredients on tuesday and and start kind of doing some prep involve the family you know let let whoever is capable of holding a knife or um or doing something you know Otherwise, let everybody help and, and get the family all involved. You know, my son always wants to help me cook. Sometimes I have to say no, but uh, <laughs> he always wants to. And even then, he'll he is like whatever, whatever, Dad. And he grabs a stool and like gets up and stands up next to me. He doesn't care. So. <laughs> I love yeah, I love to get. I got my almost fifteen year old. He he's on he's on point now in the kitchen. He knows what to do. I've shown him a few techniques. Nice. Just keep repeating it. And I would suggest to everybody listening, if you get frustrated by having other people in the kitchen, just give them some task. Um, mm-hmm. Give them a sense of ownership and involvement. And they will try things. 
I guarantee you that they would probably not try otherwise if they have a hand in it. Yeah, I mean, they can they can run and get stuff for you. I mean, they can, you know, they can grab everything for you even and you know, peel onions and, you know, it's like a, a new cook, <laughs> a green yeah. cook. You know, until until they uh, they advance to the next. Just have them do all the things you don't want to do. <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that. I love it, Bruce. Thank yeah. you so much for your time today. This was for really grateful. Sure. And when can we anticipate? I know it's hard to say, but when can we anticipate Soul Belly? Sometime in February. Um, you can follow us on on social media on Instagram and Facebook. Soul Belly BBQLV. And then our website is actually up too. So it's just soulbellybarbecue.com and it's got all the info on there. You can sign up on the email list and keep keep posted with what's what we've got going on. And I'm very transparent. So um, I've already posted, fo- you know, some photos and videos of the interior of the space being built. And, you know, I think it's, a, I think it's cool for people to see some of that, that growth happening. So yeah, that's going to be exciting. And we'll make sure to put that in the show notes too. Awesome. I can't wait to try it. Yay. I'm coming to- <laughs> Awesome. Thank you, Bruce. All right. Thanks. Have a great day. You too. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I know you have a lot of choices out there of what to listen to, what to watch. So it means a lot to me that you're here with me. And hey, if you love this content, would you hit the subscribe button? I want you around. I don't want you to just show up for one episode and leave. I want you here, part of the conversation, a seat at this table. And while you're at it, would you share this with your friends and family? And if you take a screenshot and share it on your social media with a hashtag RFYBL for recipes for your best life, I'll make sure to personally give you a shout out and you may just be featured right here on the show. So until next time, here's to living deliciously and being the chef of your best life.